This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Invested. I'm Danielle Town. Quick programming note here. We did an episode last week on all the crazy news around coronavirus and the markets. This week, we're going back to our checklist series. So enjoy that because this is the time as all this volatility is happening to follow your checklist and really work on it and make sure you've got it dialed. So enjoy the checklist episode and we will be commenting on all this news coming up down the road. Enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. We are deep into checklists. Over the last couple weeks, and we're going deeper. What do we do on this show? I don't even know what I'm about. Oh, oh, oh. Well, these checklists are directly connected (laughs) to learning how Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, and other great investors like Manesh Prabhai, Guy Spear, oh, Phil Town, occasionally listening to that group. You just did that. (laughs) I just threw myself in there. Take that back. And these these are investors that follow what Warren Buffett says are the two rules of investing. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. And we just recently talked about how important it is that you focus on not losing money as opposed to trying to focus on things that will make you money. We're going to focus mm-hmm. on things that won't lose it for you. Mm-hmm. Um so much so that we'd really, I, I think you'll like this, we'd really like to own companies that are like bonds. They're so secure. They're like a bond. And Warren calls these things, he actually okay. has a name for it, he calls them equity bonds. So when he buys a Coca-Cola, he says, why buy the bond for Coca-Cola? Why not just buy the company and let it pay you a dividend and on top, which, which is often the equivalent of the bond itself, in terms of a rate of return, and let that dividend grow, which won't happen if you buy a bond. Your, your, your return stays the same. And in addition, the value of the stock, the company itself increases. So you have an equity bond is a kind of very cool idea that says that you're going to be very careful and own things that won't go away. They are not they're going to be worth more in the future. So it has that bond-like quality. And they'll be quality. around in the future. They'll be around in the future, bigger than they are today, mm-hmm. even if it's only a little bit, like let's say in Coca-Cola's case, because they're huge. Mm-hmm. But they're very secure. And as a result, they are producing growth in both the dividend and in the value of the company itself. And in fact, this applies to companies that don't produce a dividend. Warren's preference in mine would be to not get a dividend. Um, your uncle Steve much prefers companies that have dividends and goes that way because he's he's basically a lazy person who doesn't work. <laughs> so what you're saying is we all want dividends because we all want to be lazy we people who don't be Steve. work. <laughs> <laughs> and um but the point is that you don't have to buy companies that have that are producing dividends to have this equity bond quality 
um, because some of these companies are really good at reinvesting the money themselves and making a very high rate of return. And so, so the idea what's a way is, that we could discover hmm. such a company? Well, we should have a checklist. What? <laughs> <laughs> and we're back around. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are. We're back around, and we have we have started down this checklist path, and so far, we're it's moving slowly. But we're getting there. Did you expect and to move more quickly than how we moved? I thought we'd sort of rip through it, honestly. Really? But of course, knowing us, why would I have ever thought that? Oh, I thought we'd go a lot more slowly than we have. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as this is good for everybody, and I think if it's if we're digging into problems that we and things we don't understand, then it's good. And so, so far, we've sort of covered, you know, the we're going over the checklist that I use, and it's follows a basic outline of R-U-L-E-S, and we are done with the R, which is radar, how, how are you getting a hold of this company? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're about, you know, just starting into the understanding part of this checklist, which is going to cover the four M's, and Charlie's, basically Charlie's four-point checklist, which is, do you understand the business? Is it durable, competitive advantage, and good management, and a margin of safety? So those are what we call the four M's, meaning moat, management, margin of safety. And we're into the meaning part of the checklist. It has 10 items on it. And we've gone through four of them. Well, and, well, uh, you we're mean the, the you part of the checklist, right? The you, you part of the understand. checklist. You understand. Okay. But I've broken that into six checklists. Six checklists? Yeah, six pieces. So each, in other words, I if I had a book, I would have each thing that I'm calling a checklist would have its own page. Okay. And I would have it under big, under tabs that said radar. And I'd open that book up and there would be a page, radar checklists. And then I would say, and then the next tab would be understand. And mm-hmm. I'd open that tab and there would be six checklists, six pages. Sub-checklists. Each page of checklists. Yeah, sub-checklists. I got you. Okay. Right. So this so one this that we the... went through, we went through four of them uh, last episode. Is that all one sub-checklist? Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are all on a sub-checklist called meaning, <clears throat> and understand the meaning is a 10-point checklist. So we've run down the 10 points, so we've gone down four of them so far. Okay. So refer to, you know, last week's podcast. Yeah, so the last one that are. we did was, I know the core customer of the business, and preferably, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and me this one is, what problem does this business solve? In other words, I know the checklist would be, I know the problem that this business solves. And then we would, we would write that into the checklist. So what Wait a problem, second. I'm super confused. What does it actually say? It says, actually, I know what problem this business solves for the customer. I know what problem this business solves for the customer. Oh, you're going to write this down. Uh-huh. Of course I am. It's too slow and draggy. Imagine you're sitting in your car in traffic having to listen to you write it down. Well, now they're listening so, to you complaining about me, right? So, you know. <laughs> we are going to The lesser up. evil is unknown. I know what problem this We're business post- solves for the customer. We're going to post this so you don't have to listen to Danielle write it down. We're going to post this up so you can see all 10 of these under the meaning checklist. Okay, I know what problem this business solves for the customer. Yeah, that's not so hard. So give me, give me an example. Okay, if I want to buy 
really high quality natural organic food that is raised in an ethical manner, what fast food company can I go to? Should I go to Burger King, McDonald's, Sonic? Should I go to what? Where am I going yeah. that I can get that? Yeah, you're going, you're going to Chipotle Mexican Grill, I'm obviously. Going to Chipotle Mexican Grill! Right? Or maybe Panera might fall in there, but they're too bready for me. They're so too bready. There's a couple of them. Out there. <laughs> yeah. um, but to me, this seems very, very easy. So maybe what's an example of something where it's it's not incredibly obvious and easy to to answer this one? Okay. Um, well, uh, honestly, most companies like if you understand what the business to yeah, solve a problem, and is. if they've made it to the level of being a public <clears throat> company, they're obviously solving a lot of problems. Right. Right. So I mean, yeah, you get you get crazy. Like you know, what problem does the pet rock solve? <laughs> the problem of companionship, Dad. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Love and companionship. Love and companionship from a rock. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So actually, this is pretty easy, or it should be pretty well, easy. Is it should ever, jump out at you. Can you think of a of an <clears throat> example where you sort of didn't have a an answer for that one? I mean, like last time, or I don't know when, on some point on this checklist discussion, we talked about Amazon being hard to define in one sentence. Um, right. maybe this one would the... be hard to define as well in one sentence. I assume it means in one sentence. Cause I think on all of these, you wanted short answers. Yeah. So you really want a short I answer. I know what problem Amazon solves for the customer. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Amazon provides anything you want super fast and super easily, including right web services, including groceries, including all the other stuff they sell, um, including, Movies on Amazon Prime. I know it's amazing what they do. Yeah, Man, alive. They, they're so everywhere. that's the basic idea. Not a big deal. So okay. we can move on. Okay. Yep. I can rattle off the history of this business and how it's changed over time. That's just about making yeah. sure that I'm going back and understanding where it came from and how it's how it's come along. Some yeah. businesses have changed a lot from their original founding, right? And some have hardly changed at all. Like General Motors has hardly changed at all, including the way its management and board function, um, all all the way from when it's formed. Whereas, you know, a company like Amazon has changed radically since it was built. Yeah, um, and I can there are other companies off that make the history of the business and how it's changed over time. Yeah. That's actually you want to kind know of your company. That's kind of a tall order because it really means that you have to not only have read all of that stuff, but then actually internalize it enough to where you can explain it. To somebody else. To somebody else. As you, as you would if, if you owned the business. Definitely. You know, somebody, you'd go to a, a party and somebody say, what do you do? And you say, well, I own Burlington Northern Railroad. And they would go, oh, wow. What, what, what they go, what the heck is that? How did that happen? <laughs> I mean, what, you get, well, the company started in, you know, 1836. And, you know, <laughs> you could bore them to tears for two hours. <laughs> but you should be able to to explain how it got where it got, how, how mm-hmm. it is that you now have decided to own it. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is, I know why businesses fail in the industry. What causes a Chipotle Mexican grill type business to fail what causes a railroad to fail? What causes an airline company to fail? How do you how do you fail? And I want to know that because I want to see it coming from a long way away. 
So if I don't this... know how things fail, then as I'm listening to the quarterly earning reports and watching the numbers, I may not be aware that what I'm watching is my business die. Uh, that may be really a problem. You may here. not be aware that there's some uh, factor happening that you're not recognizing as something that would influence that business. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so if you were to look at the car business, you could say, well, the, the first way these businesses fail is that um, competitive forces drive prices down lower than they can make the cars. And then you might dig into that a bit and say, well, and that's because they have been, they have labor unions and the labor unions push the labor costs up higher than their competition <clears throat> by double or triple. And you can't compete against that mm -hmm. since labor is such a big component. Um, and then you might also add that, and there is technology changes that could kill a car company. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I find this really one to be a bit lately. difficult. So I'll say it again. I know why businesses fail in the industry. I find this to be difficult because you could, there are so many different layers of what you could get into there. I mean, I know why businesses in the industry fail. Well, so like, deal with I think that. cars are a really good example because that's an industry going through a huge disruption right now. And I think the answer 20 years ago would have been a lot of the stuff that you just said about um, costs and unions and government intervention. Um, and now it's stuff like a totally revolutionary uh, electric vehicle maker comes out and potentially destroys the entire industry and everybody tries to catch up. Um, that you know, would it's be kind of like hyperbolic, I would say, yeah. given that electric cars at the price that Tesla sells them for are a rounding error on the world's car industry. But everybody could see it coming. I mean, there's no question. Yeah. Right? So it's like you're a but harness maker. It's not maker. just that. It's also like like Toyota came out in their shareholder letter recently and said, we no longer see ourselves as a car company. We see ourselves as a mobility company. Mm. And a lot of people in the car industry are talking about that. Like, what are we really in the next yeah. 20, 30 years? You know, if people are no longer buying as many privately owned cars, what do we do? Um, mm. And how do we, you know, move people from place to place, basically? It sounds like one of those business school things I always was bad at. <laughs> oh, we're a mobility company. <laughs> what the hell? What do you even mean by that? Why don't you just stay a car company for a while and just make cars? Well, <laughs> I, it always bothers me when they pull this kind of stuff because there's no industry called mobility. Yes, there is. <laughs> there is. Kidding? What is it? What's the mobility industry? It's We're talking about everything that moves you. Yeah, it's how ah. you get the, mostly the last mile, but really from A to B. But the last oh. mile is the really interesting part. I would recommend as an owner of businesses that you try to not confuse yourself with overly broad statements like that. We're like a mobility what? company. Oh my God. Like mobility company. Interesting yeah, mobility that you have company. such a reaction to that. Yeah, because that's what leads companies into absolute chaos. Their, their employees don't know what they do anymore. Imagine some guy on a line and Toyota is like, ah, I'm a mobility. I wonder if I'm supposed to change anything. Maybe I should run over and do, I don't know, skateboards tomorrow. There's mobility for you and yeah. at a great price. And look at you. You're going like, yeah, 
Yeah. That could be Toyota skateboards. I mean, there's companies that are... I would bail so fast. I would not own Toyota on the basis of just that kind of stupid statement by management. I don't think it's stupid. It tells Um, me management has lost track of what Toyota's all about, and they are now progressing to something that's meaningless. We're a mobility company. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to jump into the mobility industry. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. The mobility industry. I'm confused oh, what do by y'all do? your we discovery planes, of this term trains, mobility. Automobiles. What is it's, that little oh, thing that rolls around on two wheels? It's because you live in a rural area. What is that thing that you go around the co- the shopping mall guys, cops drive? That a little two wheel thing. Yeah. Segway, mobility, skateboards. Mm. Roller skates would be right in our in our basket of mission. Mobility is right drives me nuts. Okay, so it can drive you nuts all you want. And yet, the rest of the world is actively working on mobility. And it's not something that Toyota came up with. And um, and they're trying to figure out how to be the future of electric cars, Listen, of it's electric you're thinking scooters. Wrong. You're thinking so wrong about this. This is, I need to step in here. With Go some ahead. Fatherly Tell me how corrections. I'm thinking wrong, please. Imagine that you are a venture capitalist. Easy. Okay. Since you are a lawyer from the venture capital world, and imagine that you're being asked to put a lot of money, personal money, like uh, out of your personal investment, mm-hmm. into a company, and these entrepreneurs come in with a car. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's an electric car. Let's say. Guy's name is Elon Musk, just for fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So Elon Musk comes in with an electric car idea and he lays out a pretty good business plan. It does look like it's something that could happen. And you think maybe these these old line companies aren't going to move quick enough because they have to pillage their own sales of right gas cars to do electric cars. So they're going to be lagging and there's going to be somebody leading and maybe these guys are going to lead. So you, you buy into this whole idea. And, and, and then he gets to the point where you say, well, what, what industry are you really looking to disrupt? And he says the mobility industry. No, I don't and think he would say that. Sit, Cause what I think he he's looking to that. disrupt the car industry. Right. Cause he has got his head screwed on. Right. And mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to disrupt an industry. There's no such thing as the mobility industry. Except that there if he totally said that is. to you, okay, what <laughs> like, is what it? What world are you on? I'm so what sorry. What planet are you on? <laughs> Have that you, you never think there's seen this industry? electric Go scooters? Have you never seen cars for rent by the hour? I mean, literally what it's called it in, Sw- okay. in Zurich is Go. mobility. That's what the company's called. That Industries. Does Go cars look it up. Industry hour. list. Industry list. Of all the industries that exist alphabetically. Have you never heard of the last mile question? Hang on. on. I'm looking under M's now. Of all of the different, let me see. Uh, Mo, Mo, Mo. Okay, I've got mortgage bankers. I have motion picture production. Huh. I don't have mobility on here. Huh. What a surprise. There is no such thing as the mobility industry. So if it's not on your list from Yahoo, it doesn't exist? If it's not on my list, it doesn't exist as something to invest in. (laughs) 
Unless, of course, you can invent something brand new, a brand new industry. Massively wrong. Oh, massively. We are, I mean, just, I'm in a whale vagina this right now. Whale vagina. What the heck does that, is that like an Anchorman reference that is completely confused? It's not confused. It's a total Anchorman (laughs) reference and it's genius. It's short, it's short for agree to disagree. Oh, agree to disagree. <laughs> You're right. It is short for that. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go watch Anchorman, Will Ferrell, and and what's what's the blonde's name? She's so she's uh, Christina awesome. Applegate. Christina Applegate sitting in a car looking over San Diego, discussing where the name came from, and Will Ferrell says San Diego. There's something, something about where it all came from. It means whale vagina. <laughs> she goes, no. You um, know he just made that up out of nowhere. I think because it means she's sitting there St. Diego. Trying. And he goes, she's, no, no. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> and she goes, no, no I, I, I think it is. And he goes, <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> and Christina Applegate is sitting there in that car <laughs> trying not to blow up laughing. <laughs> she did not. I don't think she saw that one coming. He just made that up. <laughs> oh, well for done. sure. For sure. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm super excited. What episode is this? Like 253 or something? Some unforgettable, some forgettable Four. number that I'm definitely going to forget. I'm yeah, excited five, to refer to this episode in about 15 years. <laughs> and <laughs> when the mobility industry when has mobility taken over the world. mobility has finally come to your neighborhood. <laughs> what possible use is it to call yourself a mobility company when it just is so, I mean, it's like, oh, I guess Toyota's going to make airplanes and compete with Boeing. Great. They're going to compete with GE on train engines. No. I mean, it doesn't help you to do, you do that. Do you actually want to know how people define it, or do you want to just keep talking about airplanes? And No, nah, I'm done. All right. There's no such thing. Okay. Well, vagina. Yeah. Agree to disagree. <laughs> um, I know why businesses fail in the industry. So. <laughs> There's a reason right there. You get some ridiculous statement about what industry you're in and proceed to completely blow yourself up. Well, so that's that's go. my point. You could get to that level of imagination. This is the question people always ask about, like, how much do you invert and how uh, how many outlandish scenarios do you come up with before you go, okay, I've gone insane. Um Like, of course, there's many levels to how businesses could fail in an industry. So how far do you tend to take it? I take it, you know, the industry well enough that you know the companies that have failed and you've figured out why. So so there have been lots of airplane companies companies that have failed. Yeah. Hmm. Why did U.S. Air fail? Why did, you know, go down the list, right? And, um, And so you learn about that. And and you also while you're learning about that you you learned why the really good ones succeeded right you, like the Southwest Airlines. Okay, so the so next like thing on common, our list goes right to that point. So it's after like common businesses fail. common pitfalls, basically yeah, common, common mistakes. The things that hey, we've seen historically happen. Okay. All right. Then the next thing is why I can say why this industry will be going strong in ten years. Why the mobility industry will be just cranking. I can say in ten years. Why this industry will be going strong in 10 years? Is that what you said? Yes. In other words, we want to be sure that we own a company 
that's going to be going strong in 10 years. So the company is in an industry and we want to make sure the industry is going to be around. And so this is like the big, the big view Hmm. before we get to moat of an individual company. This is the bigger picture, which is, Hey, are you making harnesses in the harness industry in 1910? Mm -hmm. And your industry is about to become extinct. Are you making typewriters in 1980? Your industry is about to become extinct. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is this is something we really want to know. We want to be able to look out and say, okay, there's no disruptive influences on the horizon for gum makers, um, for burrito manufacturers. I just I see no, particularly for natural organic food, ethically raised burrito manufacturers. I see nothing disruptive on the horizon. I see them disruptive to the rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? restaurants like will still be around. <clears throat> yep. Yep. That'll yeah. be it. Okay. All right, so there we go. And going on, <laughs> this is where mobility industry is going to come off the rails. I can list the key numbers the industry follows to know what's going on. I there are list. key performance indicators. They're called KPIs in most organizations. That that organization, that CEO and CFO follow religiously, sometimes on a daily basis, many times on a weekly basis. Wait, I thought you said in the industry. Yeah, it's the industry, but that means everybody in the industry is following those numbers. So I can list the key company. performance indicators that the industry follows. Is that what you said? Sure. Right. Okay. So, for example, in retail, you'd want to know what's the sales increases, what's the sales growth per store, mm-hmm. right? Are you are you growing sales in that store, you know, 4% a year, or are you losing sales in that store? Mm-hmm. So that would be something, if you're looking at a retail business like an Urban Outfitters, you would want to know that immediately going into it. And if you don't know that number, if you don't know the KPIs of your industry, you really don't know the industry. Mm-hmm. You certainly wouldn't want to own a company that you didn't know what numbers you should look at. Yeah, it's been an interesting education for me to discover that these... Um, KPIs or, you know, generally like the, the standards of success in, uh, in different businesses are so different because, you know, you come from like one world and you kind of don't know much about other worlds. And it's really interesting to find out that, um, you know, everybody in grocery looks at same store sales, the same as anybody in clothing retail. And I never knew that. And, um, and other kinds of industries have like totally different um, standards. It's just, I find it, I find it to be like a fun trivia thing to know. It's a very cool thing. I mean, if you're running a company like, uh, there's a private company out there you know, that started here in the South um, that makes, it's called Chick-fil-A and now it's starting to get very broadly known. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, one of their KPIs in, in that industry, in fast food, is revenue per store right? Hmm. Revenue per store. They have, Chick-fil-A has the highest revenue per store of any fast food franchise. Hmm. Almost double McDonald's, which is number two. Hmm. I mean, they're just a monster in terms of what they're producing per store. Um, and so, and if you, if and another KPI in that industry for, let's say a burrito franchise, you'd want to know for sure is what's your kind of your payback time, how long does it take you to get your money back that you invested in building the store? So uh, let's say at, at uh, Chipotle, it's 800 grand to put a store up um, and it, it takes four years 
to get your money back. And then you'd know that the rest of the industry, that's so fast compared to the rest of the industry, mm-hmm. right? It's like $2 million from McDonald's and, you know, can easily take 10 years hmm. to get your money back. Hmm. So that, you, those are KPIs. You got to know the KPIs of your, of your business. Okay. Right on. I'm making a little note here. About what? I just want to put KPI in there. It's just such a cool thing to be able to say <laughs> KPI. <laughs> <laughs> These are not necessary like Wall Street jargons that you have to have to be a great investor. I don't know. If, well, I'm sure Warren knows what KPI is, but if he didn't, it wouldn't make him a less of an investor. I personally like roll my eyes when people talk about KPIs too much. It just sounds so pretentious. <laughs> it does really sound pretentious, doesn't it? Why don't you just say it? Hey, what are your key numbers? You know, yeah, no, what are your KPIs? KPIs? Kind of want to drag it or up. Or another question that I hear is like, so do you have KPIs around that? And I'm like, around oh. that? Like, have you, like, so basically you're trying to invent performance metrics. Like, why not just oh, yeah. say, here's how we measure our success? You just know. see these, these corporate people in the, in these boardroom meetings just coming but, up. But I mean, cool I get why they do it because it, it means something specific and everybody understands what it means. So yeah, it's a term yeah. of art, as we lawyers it's a term like of to art. say. But it is sort of, for, for the person who's just, Doing this to make money, it's pretentious. All right. I can list, the last thing, I can list the key risks a business is taking in this industry. You know, I so can if you list to, the key yeah, risks, tell me the that last you part. Take, that you're taking to join this industry. The key risks that I, the investor, like literally myself. No, the key risks that the business is oh, taking. the business is taking. Right. So what are the risks of starting an auto company? We could ask Elon. He could probably tell us a lot. I'm confused. I can list the key risks the business is taking. That's what it is? Well, the business takes to join this industry. To join this industry? In like rule one investing, you only look at companies that have been around for 10 years or more. Right. What do you mean join this industry? Well, usually when you're looking at starting a new business, you want to know, well, what do I have to get right? You know, what, what are the, my risks of doing this business? Uh-huh. They're different in each industry. If we were to look at what are your risks of building a house that you're going to rent? I understand the concept of risks. <laughs> right. So immediately you say, well, the risk of, of, of building or starting a new business in the house rental industry is you've got to you've got to have the location right. If you put it in the wrong place, you're not going to be able to rent it. Okay? okay. So that would just be really dumb. What I'm really confused key. about is that the business we're looking at has already joined this industry. Right. Like many, but many if you don't years know earlier. It, so why are we looking at the risks they are taking right now to join this industry? Because those are going to be on, those are likely to be ongoing risks. So, for example, if you said, well, I got to know the location for that house is a good location. And now you're buying a house that's already there. So okay. it's just a, a way of thinking about the industry that cues you in on that particular business. Oh, man. I, okay. So if, if, if what being in this industry requires is good location, do I have a good location? I guess that's the, oh, that's okay. the risk. So I think this is a good example of like personal nomenclature so for you how would you say this well i think what i hear you saying is that like what are the risks of this industry 
if some new company decided to come in, what would it be up against? Or maybe it's what are the ongoing risks of of currently existing companies in yeah, this I'd industry? Go with that. So I could say I can list the key risks a business takes in this industry. Yeah. Would that be would But that I be mean, it? you don't have to change. This is your checklist. I'm just trying yeah, to I understand just, it. Well, I'm, I'm willing to make it better. <laughs> I mean, hey, this is what you're so good at is like tweaking and and making me make sense out of things I think I make sense out of and then I realize maybe I'm maybe I've assumed some things about what what I'm saying here. Like how people might move around in the future. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't help it. The key risks of the mobility it. industry. Okay, so oh, uh, no, somebody I comes up with again. a laser skateboard. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> everybody right. who took an electric scooter home from work today is going like, oh, Phil, mobility exists. So the um, mobility industry and oh, so like Toyota skateboards. pay for it every day. Toyota jets. All right, so that's it for the meaning of the business. And I think with that, oh, we can cool. move on. Okay, so I want to read through them. Just to close this up. All right. Okay. So this is underneath understand, but Mm -hmm. it's a sub checklist within understand. So we will not be leaving understand when we're done with this. Correct. We will move on to another sub checklist, right? True. Okay. All right. I'm just going to run through them. I can describe how the business makes money in a simple sentence. I can describe the top three competitors and their secret sauce for making money in one sentence. The business is in the top of the industry by owner earnings and free cash flow. I think that might have been and or, but close enough. I know the core customer of the business, and preferably it's me. I know what problem this business solves for the customer. I can rattle off the history of this business and how it's changed over time. I know why businesses fail in the industry. I can say why this industry will be going strong in 10 years. I can list the key performance indicators that the industry follows. And I can list the oh, I can list the key risks the business takes in this industry. There you go. Okay. And I, I and you guys when you're looking at this, if you can make it tighter, remove something that's duplicated. I'm looking at number seven, why businesses fail, and number ten, key risks of a business. Yeah. Those might tend to be rather the same thing, potentially. Um so yeah, we we what we're out to do is make a list that we can really use. We use that list. We answer those questions differently a little bit, um, and as we continue to use the list, and as you guys do, maybe we can make it better. So, time to go on to the really fun one. I love this one. <laughs> okay, the durable competitive advantage that's intrinsic to your business. Oh, it's our favorite. All right. Thanks, everybody. Till next time. Time to go play. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information, including show notes and more episodes, visit us at investedpodcast.com. There's a special offer waiting for podcast listeners to attend my three-day investing workshop absolutely free. So just head to investedpodcast.com. Everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion and is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only 
and I hope you enjoyed it.